Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, September 14th. We are here live. We're opening the phone lines right now, so jump in and join us. It is a health free-for-all all day today. So if you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all to do with health, food, fitness, nutrition, diet, disease, drugs, training, lifestyle, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. It's going to go kind of quick today. I can't, uh, I can't stay long today. We will stay till uh, oh, 10 o'clock. So I think we have two hours. Lauren will join us in the second hour, but jump in early and get your questions and comments in. 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. All right, I do have some things I want to talk about. I'm really uh, looking forward to your calls today, though. Today is more about what you want to talk about. Um, before I get to the topics I want to talk about, I learned something about myself this week. I think. I should have known this. I've known this. I just don't understand why. I think I have a mental defect. I seriously think I have a mental defect when it comes to not overdoing things, especially physical. I have this habit of just pushing too far and then paying the price for it. And it's it's not a good idea. I end up losing productivity from doing this, but I seem to keep doing it. I, I really, I think I've done it all my life. Every time I go back to a workout routine or whatever it might be, it's I just overdo it. I push too far, and then I end up paying the price and being too sore. And if I this year, I can remember when I went out in the garden the first day, I was frustrated because I couldn't do ten hours. Why not? I did it last summer. Well, it took me a while to get there, and so. Lately, there's just been a lot going on physical. Um, the garden's heavy, a lot going on in the garden, so I've been doing a lot of that. It, not, that's not a big deal. I'm kind of used to that. I've been doing it all summer, but I was doing some new things, and I was kind of feeling that. And then I decided um, to take on a fairly big project on the coach. Lisa, Lisa and I have decided to um, kind of upgrade the coach, keep the one we have and upgrade it. So we're going to take on as many of the jobs that we can do ourselves as possible, and it's going down into the shop probably soon, and uh, we'll do a complete overhaul, get it ready for the winter season, which is when we really want to use it more, get out of here during the rainy season and head south. We've got some events we're going to hit this fall. Uh, So one of the projects in the coach I decided to take on was um, interior lighting. I wish I would have changed this the first day I bought this coach. I hated the lights inside. They're all 12 volt, low voltage lights. And they, the fixtures are just awful. They're multi-piece. You got a trim ring, you got a snap ring, you got a lens that has to come off. Then you got to get in there and try to get the bulb out. And it's those little two wire prong bulbs where you got to stick them in and they don't make contact and you got to play with them. And I swear I would take two out. Oh, by the way, inside the coach, there are 58 interior lights that are up on an, like either a ceiling or a surface up above you, 58 of these. So I would spend hours getting them all working, taking them apart, putting a new bulb in, cleaning things up, bending the prongs, getting them all working. You drive one time and four of them would be out again. It was just like there was never a time where all the lights worked inside. So I thought, with all these new LED lights on the market, I've got to be able to find good lights. So for about... Half of the lights, I got really lucky. I found a perfect um, snap-in replacement. So all you had to do is take out the old light, put on a couple new clips, wire clips, stick the new light up in there. Uh, They hold up into the ceiling with spring-loaded clips. They fit perfect in about half of the lights. 
different styles of lights in the coach, three or four different styles. So about half of them I got off nice and easy. The But even those, it's still work. You got to take the old one out. You got to clip the wires. You got to put on new clips. And you're working above your head the whole time. So you're looking up and your arms are up above your head. So I get all those done and then I get to the other light. And the lights I found, I absolutely love. They're so much better than the lights that were in there. They're all LED, no bulbs to mess with at all. They're one piece, no trim rings, no lens covers, no bulbs, just one piece. Just stick the light up in there, wire up a couple new clips, stick it up in there, you're good. Except they didn't fit quite right. They just, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get it to fit in the spot that was in there correctly. And it was making me crazy. And I kept trying different ways to do it. Finally, finally, I had a thought. Um, Lisa has a Glowforge, which is um, like 3D laser cutters. They can cut wood, acrylic, leather. So I thought if, she, if I could have a template and it's got to be really precisely sized, which is the whole point of that laser, that thing is so accurate and so precise. It's just crazy. And the cuts that it can make are really super fine. So I had her, we made this template and we had to change it up a couple times, but she made me a bunch of templates. So I finished the job. Absolutely. Well, I didn't. I had to order a couple more lights. Um, almost finished the job. But I was, I was really, really sore. My neck, my shoulders, my arms from working over my head over and over and over. Again, I probably should have done the job in two days or even three, and I pushed one day to just get it done. And the next day I was sore. Wasn't horrible, but I was hurting. I was feeling it. So that was yesterday. And I decided um, the wind was beautiful yesterday out on the river. Some the strongest wind since I've had my wings. So I thought, all right, I'm going today and I'm not. See, I kind of set myself up for this. I said, I'm not coming out of the water. I think I even said this at the end of the show. I'm not getting out of the water till I get up on the foil. So I didn't get out of the water till I got up on the foil. And then my foil really needed some tweaking and adjusting. So I was in and out and I pushed way too hard. I have pain today in places that I didn't know existed. My feet, even the muscles in my feet hurt today from, I guess, from gripping the board with your toes because you don't have any boots when you do this. So my feet hurt. I swear my ears must have been trying to work as rudders or something. Everything hurts. And I thought to myself, I, I even told myself, though, that I, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm not going to push till I'm in pain and I lose a day or two. Because Honestly, I think we're going to have good wind today and I really would like to go, but there's no way. I, it would be a really bad idea for me to go today. So I was thinking, why didn't I stop? Why didn't I realize that I had pushed that hard? Why didn't I just stop? That's the mental defect part. Then I realized, and I thought, well, wait a minute. There were a lot of new people out there trying to learn, and they were out there doing it. But I realized when I got out there yesterday, I got out there early. I think I was on the water by 11. Um, I left the show, went straight out there. There was maybe four or five other people out there. Okay, And you could call this area Beginner's Bay because that's where all the beginners are trying to figure this out. There was maybe four or five. And then I realized later on it was getting a little more crowded and I looked around and I thought, well, there's probably about 10 people here. And then later on in the day, there's about 15. And 15, really, it starts getting a little crazy with 15 in there. It's getting crowded. You really got to watch what you're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing in there. So, um, but I realized that I was the only one that had been there for the last four and a half hours 
attempting this. The people that were there at the beginning, they were only there an hour or two and then they left. And then some new people came in for an hour or two and then they left. And yeah, so I don't know what that is, but I'm paying for it today. Um, Also this winter, I'm looking forward to the fact that uh, I can combine my cold exposure with maybe getting some days of wing foiling in in the wintertime. As long as we get good wind um, and you can handle the cold water, no reason not to go. All right. I uh, I have some other... I wasn't even planning on talking about that. I had another topic I was going to talk about, but um, I don't know what that is. So I'm going to take a call. I do have some other things I want to talk about today. But we'll get to the phones, so if you want to jump in, now is the time. We've got some open lines, 855-950-3835. Let's, uh, let's get started in Kansas today. Bob, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Hey, uh, I just, I, about a month ago, I finally started doing the cold showers, I absolutely hated it. I always put it off because I, I hate the cold. <laughs> I, know. I absolutely love the heat. I can take 110 degree days. I mean, no problem. And I, winter time comes, I absolutely hate it. And so you were always talking about the cold showers, just do them. And I hated it. I never even wanted to do it. I've taken so much ear advice and I always <laughs> put this one off. But for one month, I have taken nothing but cold showers. And I finally have started to get to the, you know, I, I think you described it as like rubber skin, you know, and yeah. when the water hits yeah. you, it just goes. You don't even feel it. I anymore. finally have got to that point, but I took it one step further. Like as, as I've gotten used to, after I did the full month and I, and I've kind of looked around and these cold emergent tanks, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yep. The cold, it's yep. like 43 degrees. They're, they're Anyways, getting very popular. Afford, $4,000 yeah, tank. I, I know. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't afford this super expensive tank, but I bought me a horse tank and put about 60 pounds of ice in it. There you and go. And popped in it. And it was amazing. It was like one of the best experiences of my life. And, awesome. But I one thing that. happened that I did not expect was I, I went to bed that night and slept like a baby. I've heard like, this. Yeah. I have never slept before. And then, I, and so I was kind of addicted to it. So every night for a week, I hopped in <laughs> the cold tank. And this time, I, I just bought Ziploc bags and froze them and put them in there. There you go. Buy nights every time. Yeah. But I don't know if I got it down quite as cold as it needed to be, but slept like a baby. Like usually around three o'clock in the morning, I wake up, my brain starts thinking about work or whatever. Yeah. Can't go to back to sleep. I don't know what the difference is. But I'm sleeping so good. I just That's awesome. I didn't even expect that. I'd never even That's awesome. And it's awesome that you thing, just, that this was hard and you pushed through. And and you have to. There's no other way yeah. around this. There's no tricks I can think of. There's you just have to suffer through it. But it will get better. It'll get to the point I don't know that it ever gets to the point where you know, I say I look I'm looking forward to it, but half of my brain is still saying, don't do it. It's really cold. I, I swear. I, but, <laughs> but it's, it's so much easier because there was a time, give me any excuse at all. And I'm just skipping it today. You know, I, I'm just, it was, yeah. the, it was the hardest part of the whole thing to do. But after I do it, I'm always glad that I did. I always feel better after it's Absolutely. over. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And it, like I said, if you Once can get over, to that you point. Feel so good. Yeah. If you can get to that point where your skin goes numb and it does, it feels thick and rubbery and it feels weird and it gets really tight. But if you can get to that point, then it's so much easier. Absolutely. But, you know, I at first I would take a shower and I would have it a hot and then I'd turn all the way cold slowly. And then I kind of got where I could put my hand and my <laughs> arm, you know, to kind of get my body ready. But now I can step right into the shower and it feels, it's amazing. I, I, can't, wow. I, I cannot wow. believe how long I put this off. I know. And now I feel like I want to take every shower cold. I kind of like, and, and now the cold tank is like something I want to do 
every single day. It's crazy. I am not a winter person. I absolutely <laughs> hate winter. So I, I hate the cold. But now, man, it is so. And you know what the advice that got me started on this? It was your advice. You said you might as well start it while it's still hot. I, this is a couple of weeks oh, ago yeah. or something. Oh, and yeah. then you have time to get used to the cold before it becomes winter time because you're not going to want to do it in the winter time. And so you might as well start it now. And that's when I finally kind of kicked in my head and I was like, I'm going to try it. Yeah, I'm going to do it for a week and then it turned into a month. There you go. That's that's incredible. And I want to come back and talk about sleep because that was my topic for today, by the way. Um, yeah, I, it's just, you know, when I'm out in the garden and it's 90 degrees and I'm sweating all day and I'm hot, the thought of a cold shower starts to sound good. But if it's winter time and you're already cold all the time, the last thing you want to think about is getting in cold water. Absolutely. So, hey, Kevin, I got one more thing for you. Just yeah. a book. I just got a book for you right quick, and I'll let you go. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. You know, but it's really fun. <laughs> I, I have seen this book I because I'm always looking at book lists because I'm always buying books. So I remember when this book came out a f- couple of years ago, and it was everywhere. And I'm not sure why I never even considered reading it. I don't know, but... If when somebody makes a book recommendation, I take it. Uh, it, it. You know, it goes along with the pain of the cold. You know, I don't like the cold, but he he talks about in the book that you know the pain we have to put up through life. You know, all of the shit that we, you know, every shit pile that we got to deal with. You know, it's about what kind of shit we want to deal with. You know, yeah. or what you know that, that we like dealing with because. Every corner you turn is another pile of shit that you got to deal with. And so it doesn't matter. You just have to figure out the thing, the kind of shit you like to play in. So anyways, it's a cool book. I enjoyed it. I I think I'm going to. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. That's awesome. I love those kind of stories. All right. I'm going to keep going with the calls. As long as calls are coming in, I'll get to the calls. Um, I do have a little bit I want to talk about sleep today. I didn't really have a lot of topics because I tried staying in bed as long as I could this morning because I was hurting all night. Didn't sleep all that well, obviously. That's one of the real problems. When I push too far, it destroys my sleep, which is already bad enough. Uh, but there's there might be a clue in there, too. Um, we're going to need some clues. We don't really have a good handle on sleep yet. Let's uh, let's go to Illinois. Mike, welcome to the program. How you doing? Good. What's good on your mind Kevin. today? How you doing? I had a question. I turned a buddy of mine on a light balance because he was drinking Gatorade and all that other stuff for electrolytes. And he said all of a sudden he started breaking out with a bunch of little white pimple-type deals all over his face. He quit it. It went away. He tried it again. It came back. What could possibly be causing that? No clue. My guess is, though, he's eating the standard American diet. Not that I know of. He's pretty much in the health thing, weightlifter, all that kind of stuff. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold hold on. Don't tell me he's into health, (laughs) weightlifter, all that stuff. I don't care if he's a world-class triathlete like Sami Inkinen was. He was eating a diet that made him diabetic and almost killed him. So unless you know for sure he's eating a paleo-based diet of some sort, whether it's keto, carnivore, paleo, Whole30, then all bets are off. Okay, I'll have to look into it. And I know know 99.9% of all of the athletes I know still eat the standard American diet. And many of them have been convinced that plants are better for us than animals. And many athletes have moved towards more plant-based diets. So when somebody says, oh, they're healthy, yeah. Yeah, we don't know that. So but if you do know that, if you can say, no, I know he eats a paleo-based diet, well, then we would start to troubleshoot the problem. I still don't know what it is, but we would start to troubleshoot it. If he's eating the standard American diet, you know what my answer is. I have nothing for you. Nothing. I was just curious if there was something in the background that might cause not a, it. Not that I'm okay. aware of. I mean, and, we have thousands and thousands of people that take it every day. That's the first time I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And then I just watched, I talked to you last week, whatever, about my prostate problem. I ended up going to the doctor. We did that green light surgery thing because it was the size of a large grapefruit instead of uh, like a golf ball or whatever. So seem to rectify the problem for now. All right. I hope. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, that's it. Thank- You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Oklahoma. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, before I, we get into this uh, stress that I was inducing myself with, um, did you read that article about uh, Marcola today with the uh, the death rate? The uh, longevity has dropped three years. Uh, three years. The life expectancy three in years. the United States has dropped life three years in just two years' time. Just two years' time, yes. Pretty, that's pretty ins- wild stuff. That's I, insane. And why isn't did, it headline news everywhere? Right. I, I, I asked myself that. I didn't. I kind of skimmed through the article uh, this morning while I was unloading. Um, I didn't see anything about the fentanyl opioid crisis attached to that. I know it's I know it's big, but I know it's definitely uh, contributing to that number. But I I think the they're on the right track with the mortality rates uh, not being from anything really, but this MNRA vaccine. So he, they did list all of the reasons, and all of the reasons are legitimate. So it's not just the vaccine. There's this. So, but no, I. But you won't find the vaccine mentioned anywhere when it comes to this. They will. The mainstream media is saying it's all the fentanyl crisis that's causing this. It's the drug overdoses. It's the they some of them might lean towards, oh, well, the suicide numbers are up, too. But they don't really want to go down that road too far because why are the suicide numbers up? Well, maybe because. We took our kids and we locked them at home away from human connection and we put them under all kinds of stress for a couple of years. That had to be really scary for kids, really scary for kids to go through something like that. So, yes, suicide, that is a contributing factor. The COVID deaths themselves, that is a contributing factor. More people did die because of COVID. Is it? real is it man-made is it some sort of super flu we don't know but it it did kill people there's no doubt about that but when you add up all of the other reasons if you dig deep enough and you add up all of the other reasons the drug overdoses the suicides the covid deaths themselves there's still a big gap there's still a number that we can't talking about yeah there's still a number that's missing in the equation and the missing number most people believe is the vaccine deaths themselves. I, when when athletes, that, let's that think about this. That one story out of Scotland. Athletes. That one story out of Scotland where that, that young man died. He was a triathlete and yeah. his wife tried to keep him alive. And, yeah. You know, the, I mean, This has no become so common. There. This has become so common. Yes. And I read the numbers yesterday, the statistics. We finally found some. For for 30 years, the average number of young athletes dying was two, and it went to 42. That's insane. That's a 1,700% increase. So, yes, that's part of it. But nobody will even talk about why aren't we autopsying all these young people and saying here's exactly why they died. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know either. I don't know why there's not more of a spotlight on this. Um, but there's no spotlight on the fentanyl crisis either in the mainstream no. media. There's no spotlight no. on anything. You no, know, they, and- uh, you know. I mean, the only reason the, the only reason the country now is talking about the border is because Abbott is busing migrants to all three big major cities. I, I think he's about to add some that's too. The only, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, he is. He I is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the only way that's the only way where that the that but, other people are learning what the what the crisis is down there. But you know what? These these mayors are so tone deaf. 
They are so clueless yeah. and out of touch. Their reaction to me is comical. Do do they really not understand what is happening at the southern border? I look at their reaction and I think, come on, tell me this isn't for real. They 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 don't know what's happening. They don't know that little tiny towns are getting 7,000 people a day every single day. And it's been going on for almost two years. They get one bus of 40 right. people and they're freaking out. You know, I think it's, uh, I think it's just they, they feel that this has always been a right wing talking point. That it can't be that bad. And now that they're seeing busloads of primarily young men going up, to the, going up there, um, now they're realizing, and, that, and New York State sent a delegation down to uh, Eagle Pass, and now they're starting to change their tune as far as we're, we're going to take whatever we can take. But still, the cat's out of the bag now, and they're seeing everything. I, it, it, you so, know, I just what did they not know? Are they that out of touch that they really don't know how bad it is on the southern border? Because for them to cry about a couple of bus loads, it that it's pathetic. They look like yeah. This it, is, it, it's it's such a this is an elite this is an elite problem. Oh, you know they uh, they you know they uh, they don't. I mean, look look at look at the 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 best thing was yesterday. They're having a party with James Taylor on the White House lawn, and the, and the economy is crashing right around them. Now, I mean, come on! I mean, this is this is it's just you can't even write a story this not, insane. Not only that, the the clip that I saw, and I should know the lyrics better than this because I've been hearing the song my whole life. But the clip that I saw was the the part of the song where he's and he sang it because he's getting old too. Um, my mind is yeah. aching and my body, I, I swear he was describing Biden with the tune, but here's the yep. other thing that there's, they might be really, really tone deaf about. Do you know what that song's about? Suicide. Yes. Uh, what are oh, yeah. we, are you kidding me? Ah, oh. you know, I, I heard yeah, you know, everyone says there's disconnection, that they're disconnected from reality. You know, uh, so I heard someone that really made a, a, a well, profound b- before statement. You, before, now, you, before, Obama, you say it, before you say it, hold on. I, I've been saying, are they that disconnected? Kind of tongue in cheek. I know better. These aren't stupid yes. people. Right. We want to think they're stupid no, because no. we watch their behavior and we can't understand it. I look at their behavior and I, I well, just we don't wanna get hope, it. We want to hope that they're stupid, I think. That's yeah, what it is. We want to hope know, that they're, they're stupid. But they're not. They're not stupid people. No. Oh. They well, understand go exactly what's President, going on. Right. I'm going to go back to what President Obama said. He wanted to fundamentally change the country. This is just... This is just more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's working. They are fundamentally changing the it country. Is. There is no doubt. Yeah. And, and they're all in it. They're all in it. Whether, whether, whether the Republicans are actively in it or silently letting it happen, they're still to blame too. Yeah. Oh, no but doubt. I, I've been is, saying where the, this, we're, is, this is our health. Yeah. Where the hell are the Republicans? This this excuse that, well, we're not in power. That doesn't mean you can't do anything. You could clearly investigate all of these problems and come back to us with answers. That's your job. Just because you're not in power at the moment doesn't mean you get to sit back and blame everything on the Democrats. But this is this is what they, they both parties do, just that when the Democrats get in power, they actually actively change to their they want they they physically change the dynamic where Republicans just they throw their hands up in the air. And because they're in power, there's now it's not a talking point anymore. Oh, look, we can't do it because they're getting obstructed. And but yeah, the, the it, Democrats it, find a will and they just why, yeah, why they muscle through it. Why? Why don't they the Republicans take the top three issues for voting? in the midterms, and you're not going to change many minds between now and the midterms. I'm not talking about that. 
But those are the issues that people are really worried about. Inflation, unfortunately, abortion is up there in the list. It sucks that we're still arguing about that one. Um, Crime, the border, fentanyl overdoses. Why... Why haven't they been working really hard every day to outline the problem to the people of the country and say, we have a solution for this? Well, because they don't have a solution. I, I really feel they don't have a solution. That's the problem. There. Look, you know, you they, have, these are you, all big problems. Well, they don't want a solution. Yeah, but there are ways to improve all of these things. It's not even that difficult. There was a so, t- like, I, like, you I, know, I don't have an answer for that, unfortunately. Yeah, part of the, the fentanyl thing, uh, unfortunately, it's gone so far that there really isn't any way we're going to make a big change. The problem is we, for 20-plus years, we knew that, that doctors were over-prescribing these, and we did nothing. And that's the problem, right. because we created so many addicts that, that now it doesn't yes. matter if you banned all pharmaceutical opioids, it just pulled them all off the market. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't fix this. Now it's too late. There right. would have been a time. There was a time where if we couldn't, if we could have gotten prescribing under control, we could have avoided this, but it's too late now. Well, this goes back. This goes back to where they should have had a national registry where all pharmacists, all pharmacists could, uh, could get everyone else's data so they didn't get 10 prescriptions, go to 10 different pharmacies and get prescriptions done. So, you know, when, when I talked about the, the book um, Dope Sick and then they made the uh, series out of it on Hulu, I think it was, I got a tremendous amount of feedback. People actually uh, I loved reading that book and learning about it. I, I was really surprised at the feedback I got. Um, there's another really right. good story about this in a book I read several years ago, and um, Nat Geo just did a special about it, and I, I was actually a little shocked. So here's the story. The book, if I remember right, the book is called American Pain, and what happened was Florida um, was one of the, and this was prior to DeSantis, by the way, um, in fact, right. I think this might have occurred under Charlie Crist, which is he was a Republican back then when he was the Florida governor. That's when I lived there. <laughs> and now he's running yeah. for Florida government again as a Democrat. Um, he was a yeah. disaster the yeah. first time. Just changing the letter after your name isn't going to help anything. So Florida was one of the last states that had no registry whatsoever for pharmaceuticals. So you could literally doctor shop all day long in Florida. You could have 10 prescriptions by the end of the day, and nobody knew it. Nobody was tracking these prescriptions. And Florida was just not cracking down on these pain clinics. And so these these two brothers came from kind of a rich family. They had a, um, the family owned a construction company in South Florida. Um, and these were two kind of knuckleheads, you know, steroid rage, you know, muscle heads. Right. So they get this idea to start a clinic. And their first idea was they were going to prescribe steroids to bodybuilders. Okay. There's some problems with that. We've been, you know, we've tried to shut that down for years. Yeah. I mean, but then while yeah. while these two knuckleheads are coming up with this idea, they realize that you don't have to have there are zero qualifications in the state of Florida to own and operate a pain clinic. Zero qualifications. Wow. You don't even have to have a high school wow. diploma. What you have to have are doctors who have a DEA license to write prescriptions for narcotics. There's a special DEA license, but it's not that big of a deal. Any doctor can get it as long as they don't I have some sort of... I physician's assistants have that capability as well, right? I, I think so. As long as they don't have some sort of criminal background, you get the license. Right. Now you're, you're capable. So they were advertising in like uh, Craigslist for doctors 
And all they cared about, all they cared about was, do you have the DEA license? If so, you're hired. And they were paying these guys thousands of dollars a day sometimes. The doctors were making a million right. bucks a year easy. And all they, the, yeah. they finally, finally they went in. Um, the, you got to watch this. Nat Geo did a special on it now because these two brothers are now out of jail. They went to jail over this. It was so bad. They should not be out. Wow. They, they should not. And, yeah. and here's the thing. When you, they killed a lot of people. I, the numbers are yep. staggering what they went through. You, you yeah. got to watch it. Read the book, American Pain, and then watch this Nat Geo special. But here's the thing that made me crazy. The two brothers, they're kind of laughing about it throughout this special. They're laughing wow. about it. I, it, it's disgusting yeah, yeah. to me that Nat Geo actually put this on the air. These two people ruined well, I so may, many maybe lives. Maybe highlighted, I guess. Here, here's how bad it was. They they were they ended up by and all of this happened in about a three year span. In three years, I'm going to get the numbers a little off because they're just too crazy to remember. They made like forty eight million dollars in like three years. At the end of the day, it was cash only. That's how you paid. See, the other thing with Florida that Florida allowed, these clinics were allowed to prescribe and sell the drugs right there on the spot. So they didn't have to worry about wow. sending people to another pharmacy because pharmacies started refusing prescriptions. If, if pharmacies realized that, hey, that's a pill mill, that doctor's doing nothing but writing pain prescriptions, they would just refuse to fill those prescriptions. That same thing happened in steroids. I was a part of that whole steroid thing in the 80s. But in Florida, right, they right. were allowed to stock and inventory all of these drugs. And here was the process. It was a, it was a factory assembly line. You walked in, the doctor said, good morning, here's your prescription. In an undercover sting, they they were they were having like four hundred appointments a day, and the average time they spent with the doctor was like two minutes and fifteen seconds. And what they would walk out would be a couple hundred pain pills and Xanax. That was the standard. You came in for pain, you got Xanax as a kicker. You didn't even have to ask for it. And they just wow. cranked out these prescriptions hundreds a day. At the end of the day. They have video of this. The staff is carrying right. contractor bags of you cash. Got it, number two. Out. Yeah. Con wow. Contractor bags these, full of cash. I bet you these cash. two guys are still. They these would, guys are still millionaires, multi-millionaires, right? Well, they claim that they're not. They claim they've lost everything, and you know, but, but yeah, but the 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 goofy knucklehead says, you know, I'm really thinking about my next business venture, and I really believe it should have something to do with health. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. The, yeah. the, the it, amount of money was absolutely staggering. But they have videos. People were yeah. shooting up in the parking lot of this place every day. There were cases where people got into a car Leaving there, they drove a mile away and tried to cross a railroad track, and four people got killed in the car. And everybody was high. Wow. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, this is this this was primarily one of the reasons for the overdose rate is because what happens is you, you get a tolerance, you build a tolerance level to heroin and opiates, and what happens is. You, uh, when you, when you come down and you go to a 30 day clinic and you get sober, when you go back into it, you think that your body can handle the dose you were doing last time you did it. And that your body goes into shock and it, and it kills so, you. Yep. That's a, absolutely. That is the most common overdose. When somebody tries to take a break, they try to get off of it. They go to a clinic, they go to a rehab they will relapse, and there is a really strong likelihood that when they relapse, it'll kill them. Just for that reason, they they I mean, lose I've, that tolerance I've been so at, fast. I've been at 
Yeah, I've been at funerals of friends' children, and me too. it just it it breaks it breaks you up. Yeah. It breaks you up more than I can even imagine. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. You know, here's uh, the other loss thing: loss of a child that way. Here's the other thing that most people don't think about because it, we hear about the deaths. Everybody probably knows somebody today that was either addicted or lost somebody to an overdose. It's that common. What we don't really hear enough about is the absolute misery and the families that are destroyed before the overdose even happens. Years of, of horrendous, you know, behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Fred, you're really breaking up bad. I think you're back. Try it again. Uh, uh, how about that? Is there that we bad? Go. Is yep. that better? You're back. Okay. Um, my my middle daughter, who's from my first marriage, uh, went through this. I mean, robbed robbed my ex of over fifteen thousand dollars worth of jewelry. Um, just just you know, just ho- horrendous. Every time the phone would ring, I would think it's my ex wife telling me that I have to make arrangements to bury her. Yeah. And uh, she, you know, it's it's. It's devastating. It's devastating to go through, and uh, she's good now, thank God. Uh, she's been she's been off everything, Suboxone, so and everything for now, going on two years. Awesome. I'm very awesome. happy for her, yes. but she's in her thirties, a young, you know, early thirties. She missed her whole twenties. It's it's like this. starting over. Yeah, yeah, it's like starting yeah. all over. Yeah, yeah it's um, but. But yeah. oh, and you're you right, can thank tell God. you can tell the damage that that's been done. Oh yeah, you you can tell the damage that's been done. I love her. I always have, you know. But you can tell she's not she's not quite right. You know that 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 really does a lot of mental and physical damage to you. It absolutely does. Do you know? I I have I've tried to get people to understand one of the reasons we we ignore this, and one of the reasons the media and the government can get away with ignoring it is because most people are still under the assumption that these people made this choice. I used to think this way. I I was fine, you know, decriminalizing drugs and let people try it. If they want to do it, it's their life. They should be able to, you know, that's kind of my thought. Um, And I would say if they, you know, get addicted, that's their problem. They can deal with the consequences then too. I don't believe that anymore. That that's not what happened in the opioid crisis. That was a that was part of it. Clearly, a small part. People partied. They went from one drug to the next. They got to heroin. They got hooked. They became an addict. Of course, that happened. Right. But that right. is not the majority of it. Not even close. That might be a very well, small that- percentage. The the typical user today that we're talking about these people that lose their morals they steal they cheat they lie they end up in jail their lives and their families are destroyed 80 percent of them is the number the medical community is willing to put out i think it's higher 80 percent of them got their first opioid painkiller prescribed legally from a doctor 80 percent of them right we were giving 17-year-olds, a 30-day prescription to OxyContin because they had their wisdom teeth out. I know. Well, when I I blew my quadricep tendons apart back about eight years ago, maybe nine years ago now. And I was uh, three-day surgery. I had my legs in braces for 90 days, almost almost four months, about 120 days. Then I had to go to therapy and try to learn how to walk again. And um, they gave me Oxycontin in, in the hospital on the two days I was in the hospital after surgery. And I used it on, uh, it was a weekend I was in there. I used it on Monday. I used it only Tuesday night to sleep. And Wednesday, I flushed them all down the toilet. Good choice. And not because I was worried about, not because I was worried about getting addicted. You know, I, I was never worried about getting addicted, but I'm not one. I was never one to use drugs for any reason yeah i mean now when i when i was a kid now i'm not saying recreational stuff i'm right. talking about right. just like painkillers yeah tylenol uh uh you know i believe it or not when i was in the navy i was a dental hygienist so i i learned i learned a little bit about the medical community the traditional medical community and i also learned about how 
antibiotics worked. And I realized that everyone takes antibiotics wrong. And you have to take it for the full 10 days. And there's reasons behind that. So when you start feeling better in five and you stop taking it, yep. you relapse because bacteria basically lay eggs in your system that, that incubate and hatch after the seven-day mark. That's why you have a 10-day prescription. It's it's also why of, of we, antibiotics. we have so many drug-resistant bacteria now because the other thing Correct. that happens when you use an antibiotic against bacteria but you don't kill them off completely, you gave that bacteria an opportunity to build a defense against this antibiotic. And if build an it, immunity against it, right. And it's, we've been doing yeah, it for right, decades. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, we've been doing it right. for decades. And now when you go in and you have a serious infection, doctors are worried. We're running out of antibiotics that work. Yes. Correct. Because they, they, it, the, 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 the level of antibiotics that are in your system when they hatch are so, is so low that it doesn't do any damage to them and they develop an immunity to it. Yep. Exactly right. And that's why we're getting these superbugs, yep. like you've talked about in the past. And it's going to get um, worse. But that, you know, so I learned, I, learned, I learned a little bit about that. My wife was very notorious when I met her about doing that. And, I, and you know, oh, I'll just get another prescription. No, stop. And <laughs> she finally got on board. Yeah. And this is, you know, way before, way before I got into this health journey. Um, uh, but um, I'll tell you, I... I I feel my stress muscle is definitely weak because my body battery doesn't last all day. So you um, are getting back into the stress. I knew as soon as I released this protocol out, I started getting feedback. We'd start learning some interesting things. So you are a really interesting case for me. And for a lot of reasons, one, you and I are about the same age. We have a lot of the same things going on, same background, except we have one huge difference, and I think I'm already starting to learn something from it. You have I've been talking about this since you got your watch. You have incredible sleep numbers. I am so envious of your right. sleep numbers. I can't imagine. I try to imagine what it would feel like to have a night of sleep like that because I haven't had <laughs> – n- this is not an exaggeration. The sleep you get every night – I have not had one single night like that in a decade. That's not an exaggeration. Wow. Not a, I haven't had a wow. night of sleep like you get every, your worst night of sleep that I've seen so far. I haven't had a night that good in a decade. Well, my short nights of sleep are intentional. I wake myself up to get on the road or right. get, on, get out but and do here's, things. Here's what I'm early. learning. So, here's what yeah. I'm learning. That there's something, and we knew this, but maybe we're getting closer to an understanding of it. There's a lot about sleep we don't understand yet, and it's starting to become obvious. We think we sleep to restore our body and our mind. That, that's the point. And we even thought we knew. Now I say this because I'm starting to question everything about sleep. We thought we knew that deep sleep is when your, your physical body is rebuilding and repairing, and REM sleep is when your mind is solidifying its memories, it's taking, taking memories out of short-term, things you learned that day, and things that happened that day. Right. Your brain during REM sleep takes those out of short-term memory and puts them into permanent memory. That's how you learn. Right. If you're not getting enough REM sleep, you won't learn. You, you, those memories, if they're left in short-term storage, will disappear. You'll, you won't remember disappear. what you learned. That's what we thought we knew about sleep. I don't think we're right anymore. We're certainly not completely right okay. because what I'm finding is you have awesome sleep, but a lot of nights your numbers are not recovering. My sleep is far worse than yours, but many nights I'm recovering better than you are physically. And now we have that measurement okay. now, that physical measurement of body battery. What we don't have, we right. don't have any way of measuring what our REM sleep is doing for us. I mean, unless we have people wake okay. up and take, you know, these, all these crazy memory tests and I, that's, you know, not going to be easy. And so I, I don't. 
Right. Something about sleep we are getting completely wrong, I think. I don't know what it is, but we're, I, I'm starting to see if we could get enough people doing this, and, and maybe we're going to start learning something here. Okay. Well, I noticed that uh, I didn't get a good Sunday to Monday. My body battery was low. But last night, my body battery came back to, who I think it was this morning, but I'm up to 48. And I didn't do anything physical this morning. I just unstrapped the load of hay and... and So, there are... I mean, I didn't really do anything stressful today. You know, there are times with, with four and a half hours of average sleep a night and poor sleep. It's not four and a half hours of good quality sleep. It's four and a half hours of poor sleep, but I can get my body battery to a hundred. Wow. And I've seen you have awesome sleep, but your stress level is through the roof sometimes when you're sleeping. Well, no. Now the stress levels I, I put down there, um, I was awake. I was. I didn't get to sleep till midnight or a little after midnight uh, Monday into Tuesday, and then last night I was up till eleven o'clock. Just very long days I've been putting myself through here. So this, that, all that stress level is me driving at night through these back roads of Oklahoma and Kansas. Now, your um, your daily stress levels. This morning are, I posted are, are more than double mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this morning I posted uh, side by side. The sleep, the six hours of sleep I had last night, and the um, and the uh, the day the night before before I got sleep. Oh, I think I might have looked at him backwards. I only glanced at him this morning because I got up late because yeah. I didn't have a good yeah. way to sleep. Which I was, is exactly yeah, I know, but I it I was. I was at like, my stress level is at a nine sleeping last night. Got it. So okay. I'm not stressed at night when I'm sleeping. It's... I'm, sli- I'm stressed. Like, again, I've been putting myself through these grueling days because the economy is coming to oh, an yeah. end. Yeah. And I'm trying to that... capitalize on that. So, um, so I that... have to believe that if I could get your sleep numbers, I, sideways. I, I would wake up every day with a body battery of 100. I'm fully convinced if I could sleep like that, but I don't think I'll ever sleep like that. I, I, I just don't. There's nothing well, that I can see that's ever going to get me to the point where I'd be able to sleep seven hours and only be awake two minutes of that time. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, 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 I thought, like I said, even before when I was, yeah, large and unhealthy. I always slept like I was dead. Um, I, I remember. I always had it. good sleep. Maybe not quali- Maybe not quality sleep uh, because you know I was a mouth breeder, and um, and uh, you know I, I definitely had sleep apnea, um, but I never I never used a CPAP machine. I tried to use a oh, CPAP machine, hey. but for some reason. The late, yes. You just reminded me of something. I've been wanting to talk about this, and I keep forgetting to make a note when I see the commercial. So now I'm going to interrupt you. Plus, I got to move on. The calls are starting to pile up. Um, Okay. Did you see the new device on the market for sleep apnea now? Possibly. What what is it? uh, I think it might be called Aspire or something along those lines. I didn't oh, really. Oh, yes. Yes. I so yes, here, I did. here's how the commercial goes. You see this woman and she's happy and she's talking about how great her sleep is. And you're somebody in the background say, did you get the implant? And she screams, yes, I got the implant, Sheila. An implant. We're putting things <laughs> in our body now. <laughs> So they implant this device somewhere up in your upper chest somewhere, and then you have another handheld device, and when you go to bed, you put the handheld device over your implant, and it does something inside your body. Not no, but hell no. Yes. But this is what the American people want. They want convenience. They want instant gratification. They want it now. And they're willing to pay any price. They don't even ask what the price is, and I don't mean the, the monetary price. They Nobody bothers to no, ask the price of what this is going to do to their health. Long term. 
And I'll tell you what, I right now my daily fight with my wife when I'm home is she wants to she want of course women want to look younger. Oh, maybe I'll get Botox. Can I get a facelift? I'm like, you don't need it. Not, She's a beautiful woman, my wife. Not only am I <laughs> I'm like, so against cosmetic surgery, um, I would love to start a whole campaign to get women to just just please stop with all the makeup. I, I don't get it. Well, you know, I, I, they, come on, her, are we that shallow? Her excuses, and I, I know her I'm going to piss off a lot of people well, with this. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, well... I uh, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people with this, but I do it because I care. Do we are we really that shallow that we're more worried about what we look like, and we will ignore what we feel like and what our health? Our skin is the largest organ in our body, and even men do it, but women do it far more. Look at the 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 amount of you know, personal care products that women use, the number of different chemicals they put all over themselves every day. I was watching a commercial the other day, Ulta, the beauty store. Their whole push was health, 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 health. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There is nothing about what you do that adds to anybody's health that's taking away from their health. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. It, 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 they, I, she was having a conversation with my 34-year-old daughter yes, the, uh, over the weekend. And my 34-year-old daughter just turned 34 on Monday. And they were talking about this. And she's thinking about doing it already. And I'm like, will you both stop before I knock your heads together? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, we've you know, gotten... and, and, you know, you can just tell in, in my bathroom my, that we have two sinks separate. My sink has nothing on it except my razor and toothbrush. Her sink is clogged with stuff. <laughs> and that's, that's, we, we've done that as a society. We, we've done that. Yes. And, and we need yes. to figure out how to undo it. it. It's just, it's just so unnatural it's and hard. so unhealthy. It's hard. I know it is hard. I, I get it. Yeah. But it's, you know what yeah. else is really, really hard? Really hard. Being sick. Yes. Being metabolically yes. I mean, unhealthy I, is really, really hard. And when you start adding up doctor visits and time and the discomfort we go through and the worry, it, that's what's really hard. Being unhealthy is really hard. Yes. I, we, I'm we reminded seem to of that have when I go to New York that. and see my in-laws. Yeah, but we seem to have accepted yeah. that. No, oh, that's uh, just what happens. We all get old. We all get sick. Bullshit. We don't have to. And we shouldn't. We never used right. to. Yep, I, I know. I know. You know, it's funny. I, I, I posted that post a couple of days ago about a friend who I was helping with his A1C. And I talked to you, I think it was last week about it. And his wife is a nurse. He will not even broach the subject when I say to him, what, what, is, what does your wife think about what you did? Oh, she's happy. I said, but what does she really think about it? Like, <laughs> does she have any real thoughts about how you did it. And he won't go there. Right. He won't go there. And I get it. It's his wife, but you know, I just want to know if she even re- just realizes that we, that he did this all with natural remedies and, and diet. completely the opposite of what she believes. Right. Right. 180% the right. other way. Right. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I just want to see if she even validates that in her own mind with him. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'll ever get that, that. I doubt it. That, you know, that, uh, you know, but yeah. it, I'm glad, I'm glad he's doing what he's doing and he's healthy, healthier. All right. So, so Fred, keep up um, with all the numbers you, because uh, um, you are a part of my research right now. Okay, sounds good. Everyone have a good day again, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. All right, see ya. Let's go to Kentucky. Raymond, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Uh, Are you here? A lot. (laughs) All right. Uh, Are we brothers or something like that? You're, You're going through the thing about overdoing yourself. I mean, I... I do the same thing, man. I mean, I have a mental defect. It's we, like even when I tell myself not do. to do it, I still do it. <laughs> Me too. I just can't quit until I get done. I'm not sure why, but 
Yeah, you know, it Lisa. Must be our age Le- Lisa something. still We're about the same age. So we're more about the same genre. Yeah. Go Lisa ahead. still shows me some sympathy. I don't know why she does. <laughs> My lady friend does too, and I'm not sure what she sees in me. But she <laughs> must see something I don't see. <laughs> anyway, first of all, give me the, the the previous caller, the name of that book, and the name of that special on the on the on the Florida doctors. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, now, not, did did you do you want to know the here, yeah. the book recommendation I got earlier, or the two things about the drug crisis? Yeah, uh, uh, all of it. Yeah, the, okay. the things about the drug so, crisis and the book recommendation. Yeah. Yes, I'll do the book recommendation first. It's called "The Subtle Art okay. of Not Giving a Flying." You know what? Subtle art of not giving a freak. Are uh, not giving a shit. Uh, yeah. Not giving. Yeah. Yeah. Giving that was a whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. That was the book recommendation. Uh, yeah. Now the <laughs> the um, okay the book the book recommendation I was talking about that outlines that story of that drug clinic in South Florida. It's insane. Um, that was called American Pain, and that was the name of the clinic American for a while. Pain. Yeah, okay. they called their clinic American Pain. Um, it, it, there, there was a you know, flight. Here's, here's how bad it got. Florida was so notorious for this. Now, these guys were one of the first pain clinics because they figured out you don't have to be a doctor. You're allowed to prescribe your own drugs. And then it, that idea caught on. Within the next two years, there was like a hundred pain clinics that opened in South Florida. So it's not just this one place, but right. there were flights cheap discount flights out of Ohio, West Virginia, <laughs> Kentucky and they started calling Kentucky, yeah. They started calling those flights the Oxy Express. People were flying to Florida to get prescriptions. Wow. That, here's the other thing that was happening. They would people entrepreneurs, you could call them, in Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia yeah. where all the addicts were, they would rent nine passenger vans and here was their deal. I will drive you to Florida. I will get you a prescription for OxyContin and Xanax, big prescriptions, and you don't have to pay anything. I get half of your prescription. So now this person's got nine people in the van and <laughs> taking half of all of their prescriptions and then selling them on the street for a buck a milligram. Wow. I, you know, being from from uh, from Appalachia or the edge of Appalachia here, uh, Somerset, Kentucky. Anyway, uh, I knew that was going on even back yeah. in the eighties. I mean, I, I knew I actually knew a guy that was doing that. Yeah, uh, not not really personally. I just knew something was going on that didn't meet the eye. I didn't know what it was at the time, and that's what he was doing. He would drive down in his Cadillac, and many people to get in there. Yep. Come back with a big load, you know. Yep. All of a sudden, he had a pile of cash. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, anyway, so these two knuckleheads are actually okay. out of jail now, and Nat Geo, and I don't remember the That's name. What you're saying, yeah. I don't remember the name yeah. of the show, but if you look on Nat Geo, it, it's probably going to be something American Pain or something along those lines. It, it infuriated Nat me. Geo, I the, never heard of this before. Well, exactly. Yeah. Nat, yeah, Nat Geo is a channel, National Geographic. Is so okay. the magazine National oh, Geographic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah. <laughs> thank they, you. Well, that's pretty easy now. Yeah, they these have damn a, macronyms drive me crazy. I brother. know. <laughs> I know. I know. But the it, it I was infuriated because these two brothers act. They're they're like laughing about this. Yeah. Anyway. Upward and onward here a minute. Okay, I've got a question about the cardio miracle and my blood pressure medication. I'm down. I was up on four. I'm down to two. I want to get rid of all of it eventually, but I want to take my time about it. Sure. My, my major health concern, Kevin, is my, my father had a stroke when he was 55. He never spoke another word, and he was on a cane. Part of my, my pain of my childhood is mostly that. Yeah. And... I don't want to get that. I, you know, I'm not in this game to see who can live longest. I'm in to see who can stay viable until death. That's what that's my goal, right? Right. I want to stay healthy. So anyway, uh, the cardio miracle 
could that maybe replace the fetapine? The thing about blood pressure medicine that I question so hard is they say blood pressure shuts down your kidneys. Well, why is the first thing they give you a diuretic, something that speeds up your kidneys anyway? <laughs> because that's I mean, how you lower bl- blood pressure immediately. So you okay. have, you have right. water in your blood. Part of your blood makeup is water. The more hydrated you yeah. keep yourself, the more water will be in your blood. So the more blood you will have in your body. <laughs> and when you try to push more right. liquid through a pipe that's too small, what happens? You Hello? get pressure. So if we, if we eliminate a whole right. bunch of water by using a diuretic, blood pressure drops immediately. That's why they use diuretics. But in the long it's, run, it's, what's it's, that doing to your, well, exactly. your kidneys in the long that, run? Exactly. We're not making anybody healthier. We're just trying to prove to them, look, you had a problem. Your blood pressure was too high, and we fixed it. But they didn't fix it. They're just covering well, it up. Another thing is who decided? Uh-oh. Raymond, we lost you for a second. I guess, but damn. I'm sorry. Yes. I think we got you back. Try it again. No, I think we're going to lose that line completely. Yeah. All right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.